Hi everyone, welcome to the Local Bites podcast. I'm Amin Yazdani, your host. It's not easy to start and run a local restaurant. There's a big upfront investment, high margins, and lots of hard work. Some might say you need to be a little bit crazy to run a successful restaurant. Yet we all know amazing local entrepreneurs who take on this challenge every day. These people make our local communities stronger. Every week, I host one of these amazing people to share their story. This week, my guest is David Fulweider, co-founder of Old Salt Coffee. David, welcome to Local Bones. Thank you. Good to be here. So let's start with the backstory. How did you get into the coffee roastery business? Because I know that you are coming from Navy life. Jump to coffee roastery is a big jump. What, what inspired it? Yeah, it was a big jump, but it was sort of a natural progression in that the jump didn't occur sort of as implied immediately. It was kind of a long stretch over a period of time. And and it uh, started with a fellow I met probably 10 or 12 years ago. I was a member of the Naval Academy alumni mentoring program. And this fellow was coming out of the Navy and the mentoring program provided uh, an opportunity for young officers leaving the Navy to talk with old officers or guys who made that transition. So anyway, we met. We got past the mentoring piece and became uh, good friends. And one of the things we found out was that we had a passion for coffee. I was an international marketer for ExxonMobil for many, many years, and I traveled the world over. And one of the things that I always made a point of collecting or tasting was the local country's coffee. So I sort of developed a taste for different types of coffee, even as a amateur. And this felt pretty much the same. And we had talked about different ways to sell coffee. We had some ideas. It was a passion. And I think that's probably the key word. We even made an attempt to buy a small Kona coffee farm in Kona, Hawaii, but we couldn't talk our wives into A, the commute, or B, living up there also. But it it helped sort of center our thought. And then I had a conversation with a gentleman on a a flight, pure serendipity, that sat next to me on a long flight from Miami to Vancouver. We were just chatting, and I found out that he was an operations officer for a company that bought coffee in Guatemala and had been buying from a family for over 35 years. So I had his undivided attention, and he had my interest, and we just talked coffee. When I got off the plane, I called my my buddy, and I said, hey, look, I think we can do this, and I've got some ideas, and it kind of started from there. So it, it was a passion, sort of a common interest passion that just over time, we worked, and then we had this serendipitous sort of meeting, and with this fellow, boom, just kind of crystallized, so that's sort of the backstory. That's very interesting. Take me through the timeline. Like, how long are we talking here? Is it years? Is it tens of years of the idea of, like, sort of developing to get to fruition? Well, yeah, recall, as I said, we were focused on other things when we got together. I've known my partner for about 12 years, Cole. So about, about 10 years. We've been in business for right at two years, October 2020. So it, it percolated over about 10 years. We both had our day jobs. We were doing different things. You know, we weren't really in the entrepreneurial mood. I guess over those 10 years, I transitioned from corporate to manager of a small private business to an entrepreneurial. For a year, I worked for a hedge fund manager and I was CEO of another startup. So I kind of went through a little bit of, if you will, a maturation process from a big corporation to running a very small startup. So I I was kind of in the learning process. You know, it's interesting you should ask that question. Maybe in the back of my mind, I kind of saw how things were done. Marketing was different. I was introduced to e-commerce marketing as a CEO of this other startup. So 
Yeah, I, you know, when you say that, I was going through a little bit of an education process. So that with a passion and a, you know, what turned out to be a good idea, at least so far, so good. It, you know, just all kind of came to fruition. Yeah. That's awesome. So two years ago, the flight lands in Vancouver, you have the idea, you talk to your partner, and you're going to get started on the road street. Right. What are the next steps that you had to take to get to starting point in October of 2020? We had a decision to make. Did we want to put up a lot of working capital up front, i.e. open a store, you know, buy a roasting machine, learn how to roast? And neither one of us had any experience in that per se. I did have more than he did, but all of mine was at a corporate level with, you know, the backing of a major corporation. But anyway, you know, working capital wasn't something that we wanted to do. And, and I'd been introduced, as I mentioned, to this world of e-commerce. I said, let's not do that. Let's have a business model. Uh, let's try the e-commerce stuff. We'd learned about Shopify and how you know they provided platforms. I said, let's do a model that, oh, by the way, we can sort of wash, rinse, repeat. If this doesn't work, we'll go do something else. But that's what you know Shopify kind of allows you to do without you know going out and building something, without having to learn how to roast coffee. So I'm on to this connection, obviously, of this gentleman that I, that I sat next to on the plane. And I called him back and I said, look, this is kind of what we want to do. I said, give me some pointers. He said, look, what you need is good coffee. He said, I can set you up with a couple of roasters that we work with. You can have them formulate a blend. You can taste it, you know, pick out your different blends that you want. And then, you know, kind of go from there. So that was the model. We got in touch with what turned out to be a fabulous roaster I say to this day, probably the biggest selling point for our coffee is just the taste. It's fantastic. Um, and so we put together, I think at that time, three, maybe four blends. And I'll tell you about what the differentiation here in a minute. But so we did the roaster. He bought the beans. He bought quality beans. He bought it in large capacity, large quantities. He did the roasting. We tasted it. It's fantastic. Uh, so then we went out and we said, okay, we've got to have bags. So there's a, forgive me, I forget the application, but you can go out on the web and get somebody to design graphics for you if you want. You can bid it out. So we ended up kind of putting a, a rough scratch. At this point, we were sort of collecting the team as well. I'll tell you a little bit more about that. So we put together, you know, what we thought would be a good bag representing our story. And we ended up with a young man in Indonesia. And he does all of our graphics for us on our bags, you know, when we need him. And we pay him, you know, minuscule amount. He does great work. So that took care of the bag. We went to a bag manufacturer, gave us the technical specifications, got that all done. And we ordered the bags, sent them to the roaster. The roaster is the guy who has a facility to fill the bags and put them on a pallet. Mm -hmm. And then we got a fulfillment group. So it just kind of all came together and we never really bought much. You know, we just did it all over the Internet is kind of the easiest way to say it. So it, it all came together with the bags. And then we, in the meantime, we were building our website and it was all done internally. It was done by the son of my founder. He did the website on uh, Shopify and did a great job and continues to do a great job. And we just started marketing. We designed our audiences using Facebook. That was a great learning curve as well. Mm -hmm. And we just started putting it out there. And pretty soon people started buying our coffee and our story. You know, that's probably the overarching element of our success is our story and the depth of knowledge we have as we develop that story. So, so tell me about that story, because that's a very interesting one. And I think that was my next pointer was to ask actually about the naming Old Salt Coffee. I think that would be a good segue to your story and the team's story as well. So take our listeners through how did you come up with the name Old Salt Coffee? Where does that come from? And 
How does that relate to your story? So maybe the starting point is to describe the team a little bit. The Navy, the culture, the customs, the commitment, the honor, you know, the camaraderie, all of that stuff that goes into making an instant relationship with anybody who has ever a, been in the Navy, has been a Navy brat, even a military brat, or you know, just loves the Navy and nautical things. Anybody who has spent an extended amount of time at sea is called an old salt. That's the vernacular. So both my buddy and I are Naval Academy graduates. And the only reason I mention that is because it, our DNA has USN written across it. It's just, it's just the way it is. We've been in the Navy since we were 17 years old in some fashion or another. And all of the other members of the team, retired Navy members as well. And all of them have had command positions in the Navy. So they've seen it from A to Z, from being a lowly ensign to being the commanding officer, having tremendous responsibility for a lot of things, a lot of people. I always like to say there's probably no management team that knows their customer base better than those associated with Old Salt Coffee. And I think that's served us well. So I was a Navy pilot. My partner was a what we call a ship driver. He service warfare. He drove uh, ships, commanded several ships. We have another gentleman who works for us, a retired ship driver as well. Great guy. He does all of our historical stuff. We've got a gentleman that works for us whose background is in submarines, does all of our submarine stuff. We've got a gentleman that's on the team who's a Navy SEAL, so he knows about the special ops side of the thing. So we came up with different blends, but the overarching theme is all of these guys have spent a lot of time at sea or in service as members of the Navy. And we're all, we like to call ourselves Old Salt. So that was sort of the, the name that fit the best was Old Salt Coffee. And we built, kind of built our story. Again, very important. We built our story around what it means to be an Old Salt. Team is Old Salt's like to get together over a good cup of coffee and tell sea stories. That's very interesting. And so usually when I talk to a lot of local businesses, local restaurants or coffee shop, we talk about how these businesses connect to their local communities. But in your case, you're connecting with the Navy servicemen and women and the veterans. Why was that important to you to connect with this particular community? I think, you know, deep down inside, we're very, very proud of what we have done and the contribution we've made. And not to wax a little bit political, but if you look at the number of individuals on a percentage basis from our country who are now in the military service, it's gotten very, very small. And military types, not just the Navy, you know, they, they do what they have to do and they just kind of go about their business and they do it very well, very professional. So, it, you know, just being a member of that club, which has gotten smaller, I guess, if you will, is it's a very, very large source of pride. And I thought it was something that our story should represent, should support, could support. And we would celebrate it, you know, in the fashion that we decided through uh, offering up some blends of coffee and selling it. You know, I'd also add very quickly that we support, I think, nine different nonprofit organizations that are directly related with the different services that I've mentioned, this, the surface Navy, the submarine Navy, the aviation Navy, SEAL. You know, we're, we're involved in that. We also support monetarily a dollar of our bag. Mm -hmm. A dollar from each bag goes to these uh, different nonprofit organizations. We're also members of the USS Missouri organization and their flagship coffee is Old Salt Coffee. You go into their store at their museum and you buy Old Salt Coffee. Same thing with the New Jersey and several other battleships. That's very good. I want to go a little bit deeper because you're coming from that international marketer. You're that marketer, the marketing brain behind Old Salt Coffee. How do you go about creating that connection with your target customers? 
so of course the network works well but it's like that what you're going after is much much bigger than just your own network or the, the team's network how do you market to them how do you identify them to be able to like market this specific type of coffee this brand of coffee to them of course it has to be a good coffee but what was the essentials of getting their attention. Well, let me first correct you. I'm not the marketing brain. I'm the old guy who's been around and done a whole bunch of stuff. I maintain the high-level stuff. Interestingly, this one year I spent as a CEO working for a venture capitalist, I learned a lot about e-marketing. And I had a uh, young lady that worked for me that we actually call her the 500-pound brain. <laughs> she's an expert in e-commerce and just does amazing stuff. And has since she's joined the team, has helped us grow significantly. But the focus has been e-commerce primarily through Facebook. And we learned that we could create audiences in Facebook. And as a two-pound brain, again, I'm not the one who does all this stuff. It was very obvious that we could focus our advertising on people in the Navy, people from San Diego, people from Navy communities, people who were demographically retirees or, or veterans, active duty, those maybe men and women who were aspiring to be in the Navy. So you, you can do all of that in various ways, and it's proven to be quite tricky. There have been some changes in Facebook guidelines on how you reach out, what you can say. And so it's a bit of a moving target, but you know we have members of the team who are very astute in doing that. So we're always targeting our audience. The other thing about our audience, I've always described our audience as it may be a little bit narrow, but very, very deep. There are individuals alive who, you know, 70, 80 years old that, you know, have spent Navy careers and still remember fondly their Navy time. And then there are young men and women who serve active duty today. You know, we've got a very broad scope and it's the Navy and associated Navy. You know, that's not to say that Anybody would really enjoy our coffee. That we're not limiting it just to the name. That was kind of our original base focus. We wanted to build our brand, Absolutely. so we've gotten a very good brand identity focusing as we have focused. We're looking to spread out, so mm-hmm. we're about to get on Amazon Direct. We're on Walmart, trying to get into Costco, some of the big boxes. But the story and the passion is kind of all there, and the base brand is, I think. Uh, fairly, fairly strong. And and the way that you tell that the story, actually, you have a story behind every single one of your bags. You actually yeah. print it out behind every single one of your bags. Yeah. How do you go about choosing the stories that you want to tell with the coffee? Because you have different bags, different type of coffees. How do you pick the stories that you want to share with, with people? It's actually very easy. You know, I mentioned it's in our DNA. We can sit around and talk about Navy stories <laughs> all day long. But we also monitor other social media to see what kind of clicks, what doesn't click. Thematically, you know, we, we highlight individuals who have served in the Navy. You know, movie stars have served in the Navy, significant leaders in our country that served in the Navy, significant battles. You know, there's a lot of base knowledge out there among our audience and, you know, the larger market in general. So every day, you know, one of the gentlemen that we have, one of the ship drivers that we have, Brian, He was, and the other thing I want to say is everyone that's on the team was picked sort of through a relationship that we've had with these guys in the past. My partner knew that Brian was sort of a a closet historian about the Navy, and he was a good writer, and he's very creative. So we knocked on Brian's door and said, hey, we got this thing going on. What do you think? Guys, yeah, I love it. A similar thing with Rich, our submariner. He said, oh, yeah, you know, David, my partner, had worked with him in commands and other commands during active duty time. And he knew 
Rich to be a very creative guy and sort of a technical guy. And we, so everyone is sort of handpicked to some extent, um, graphic contribution by my son, who is a little bit of a graphic designer. The CTO is uh, my partner's son, a Carnegie Mellon graduate. He's put together the website and he continues to work on it and reduce the friction between the website and the customer. So all of us have this sort of thing that we contribute and we get a story and we say, okay, this is good. This looks like it'll be fun. And there's a story on each one of the bags. The blend for aviation is the brown shoe. In the Navy, all aviators are called brown shoes. Why? Because when they first started flying, they flew out of dirt fields. They were wearing black shoes, but they came back and their shoes were always brown because of the dirt they got on them. So the Navy organization said, okay, and if you're an aviator, you wear brown shoes so the dirt doesn't show on your shoes. So that's how brown shoe came about. And black shoes are the surface ship drivers. Every ship is painted haze gray. So the coffee blend for the surface Navy is haze gray. And the submariners are silent service. Nobody hears a submarine after they, well, hopefully after they submerge. And then the, the special ops is green eyes. That was an interesting story. We were trying to come up with a story for green eyes and our uh, SEAL team member said, you know, we're out in the field and we're moving across the field at night quietly. We always monitor the Taliban or Afghanistan cell phones. And we always hear them say, hey, we've got the green eyes moving across the field. It's the night goggles that light up their eyes. So that's how we got green eyes. I thought that was pretty special, actually, and, and fairly uh, esoteric. Not very many people would know that unless they're uh, aficionados of special ops and whatever. So it's coming to two years since you guys started Old Salt Coffee. What's next for Old Salt Coffee? So you've already built this brand. You're sharing this story. What do you want to take it next? What's the vision for Old Salt Coffee in the future? It's very interesting, me being a, a corporate kind of guy and my partner having you know run the Seventh Fleet as an operation. We're all sort of good planners and executors. So we have a long-range strategy and we you know we get together once a week on Friday and go through the details. So we're very disciplined about that. So at the two-year mark, we wanted to be scalable. So we wanted to have built a brand. Wanted to have a you know a firm base to spring from, and we've done that. And I will say along the way, we've had a lot of unanticipated organizations reach out and you know want to distribute our coffee, grow with our coffee. And so we're about ready to do that. And the next, we've developed another brand of a fifth brand called uh, Liberty Call, and that's our Kona brand. So that was built kind of in the same process that I, I've described. But you know to scale up, we're going to go to uh, compostable K cups. So K-Cups are big. That's sort of on the product side. We're going to expand our advertising budget significantly. I'll tell you how we're going to do that in a second. Then we're going to build a wholesale distribution piece. We have a wholesale page now on our website. And, you know, I mentioned that we're sending the coffee, I think, starting next week to Amazon. We've gotten into Walmart and the Army and Air Force online stores. We're trying to get into the Navy exchange system. We're looking to get into Costco on a trial basis, and hopefully that'll be successful. So, it, you know, it's expanding the distribution base. Next products, K-Cups are very, very popular and very, very practical. A lot of guys in the Navy, when they go on cruise on a ship, you know, they have a Keurig K-Cup processing machine of some sort. So that, that will give us a little bit more, probably significantly more market penetration, which is important. The other thing that I haven't mentioned is, you know, we sell T-shirts, we sell hats and uh, hoodies and all sorts of apparel and, and mugs. So we're looking to expand our apparel business as well. 
And it's actually done very well. So you'll see that on the website. So it's about time to scale up. And we're doing that on strategically, specifically, pointedly, purposefully on building a strong brand and getting it out there on a fairly sustainable basis to our customers. So that's the next step. We've converted from an LLC to C Corp, and we're about to go out for a little bit of funding to uh, pull off what I just uh, shared. So we're actually at a very critical stage for a startup. Yeah. We're about to expand our operations. Uh, we're going to have to grow organization a little bit, which means we're probably going to have to get some guys who maybe aren't the Navy DNA, which is okay. <laughs> but they're probably very bright and they know what the heck they're doing in certain areas. It's, you know, the experience reached beyond what we have in-house at the moment. So it's it's a very exciting time. And I think the model is working well. You know, we're, we're a little bit of tongue-in-cheek. And I'm going to give our, it's not really a competitor, but one of the things I told my partner when we first started talking about this, let's be a little bit black rifle. We're not going to be Second Amendment, which is, a, you know, kind of their focus, but we are going to be a little bit tongue-in-cheek, maybe in your face at times. So if you look at some of the C stories, they're a little bit edgy, not on the edge, but a little bit edgy. They're funny. We try and keep the humor going because that's very old salt-ish. Humor makes the long days easier and shorter. And when you're pulling, you know, watch at sea and you're away from your family and all those things that uh, the Navy types do, enlisted in officers, the long hours that you work and the long flight missions that you fly, a little bit of humor goes a long way, so... Absolutely. So two years, lots of success so far, David. What has been challenges that you had to face in these two years that you had to overcome to get to where, where you are right now? Well, you know, I mentioned that we uh, the model didn't include opening a store. That doesn't mean we haven't had to focus financially on, you know, drill down on every cost element that we have. We've actually changed fulfillment companies. We backed up into supply chain a bit and our roasters are not only roast and put it in the bag, but they also store it and uh, they do our fulfillment. We've connected Shopify and their ability to, to take the order and send it to our fulfillment company to send it out. And, you know, they, they do all of that for us now. So we, we had a great efficiency bump there. You know, always looking to reduce the price of coffee. Our roasters actually got bought out in the meantime. They increased their minimum order quantity to something that was just going to blow us away. And they said, no, 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 no. We really like you guys. You can stay here. We'll grandfather you. So it's just, you got to focus on that stuff or you're not going to be successful, make money, you know, be attractive to investors when that time comes. So it's just not sustainable. So we want to, in the economic sense, create wealth. So we want to be a successful company. We want to bring our product to the market in a sustainable fashion. And we want to continue to have fun. So not all of those things always go together. Uh, there are days that are not fun, but we focus on things that, you know, working capital, which isn't bricks and mortars, but it is money, money out there and money, cash flow and, and all of those things. And uh, and the branding side of it, we work very hard on the branding side of it. So those have been some of the challenges, more monetary because we're sort of a, a monetary based model. What has been the biggest thing that you've learned about selling coffee in the past two years? The coffee kind of sells itself. If I can get you a cup of coffee in your hand, our coffee in your hand. Buy some more. So getting it to your hand and taking a little bit of money back from you and giving it to the nonprofits and you know the business side of it, I think we've all kind of learned as we go through the marketing side of it is different. When I started out with ExxonMobil, if I wanted to go sell lubricants to the sugarcane factory in Guatemala, well, I got on a plane, went to Guatemala, went out in the, in the hinterlands, and 
you know, took a barrel of uh, lubricant with me and sold it face to face. You don't do that anymore. <laughs> so I have learned personally a completely different approach to marketing. And it's yeah. been fascinating. And I, I think the rest of the team have learned as well. And they've, boy, it's been very heartening to see everybody just kind of dig in. You know, we're all, we're all learners. It's what we do. We learn and execute, learn and execute. That's been hard. I think it's been a transition for a lot of people, but everybody's gone at it with a tremendous spirit. That is awesome. David, thanks for sharing your story. I have one final question to ask before I let you go. Sure. I want to know if you were to give a piece of advice to somebody that wants to start their own roasting company like yours or a coffee shop or a new business, what would that piece of advice be? Well, and of course, this is very wholesale coffee specific, but and you know, in the first podcast that I listened to of yours, it was, I forget her name, Andrea's, her get off the stage comment was, look, it really is about the story that connects with your customers. Everybody loves a good story. So if you can tell that story effectively, coherently, connectivity, you know, between your product and your customer, I think you're off to a good start. There's a guarantee success. Nobody, if you tap that in, you connect that all with a passion, and I think you're off to a good start. And you know what? The, the roasting companies that have their own shop, the shop tells a story. When you walk in the front door or look at the advertisement on the outside, it tells a story. So I think connecting with your customers via a story, maybe the means doesn't matter so much. You know, it's kind of a financial issue at that point. But it's the story and how you connect with your customers. That, that's just the way it is nowadays. And I think it really has been for a long time. Thanks, David. My pleasure. Thank you for sharing your story and the Navy stories that you're sharing oh, my with pleasure. us. This was an amazing conversation. Yeah. Well, it's just another way of doing business, but we're having fun. And I think that's very important. It was a pleasure to connect with you and uh, to find out your podcast and to listen to your podcast. It's a very pleasant experience for, for me as well. So we'll be listening. All of the team will listen. And... Uh, We'll grow from there. So reach out at any time. Happy to participate. Absolutely. All right.